Joe Burrow extension incoming. Trey Hendrickson extension already happened. What is the expectation for the Cincinnati Bengals in the 2023 season? Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock here alongside Jake Lisko. Matt Williamson is still on vacation, so I've got the co-host of Locked On Bengals. Jake and James Rapine do a fantastic job every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, breaking down the Cincinnati Bengals. Make sure you are subscribed up to Peacock and Williamson and Locked On Bengals on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock and all the socials, Jake at Jake Lisko. Um, I, I'm excited for this one, Jake, and I love it when the timing lines up and we get a nice little bit of news as well. So some Bengals news this morning, and I, I was all ready to talk about Joe Burrow and, and T. Higgins and what some potential future moves might be, but it looks like one of those dominoes fell and it was on the defensive side of the ball with a new extension for Trey Henderson this morning. So break that down, and does that have an impact on some of those other moves in the future? Yeah, not necessarily something that I think most people expected, but does create cap flexibility for the Bengals in a way that most teams don't tend to do as their first line of cap maneuvering. Most teams would restructure contracts. Look at the Eagles, look at the Saints. The Bengals do not restructure contracts somewhat famously. They had never done it. If you want to give them credit for restructuring Joe Mixon, I would call it a pay cut, although they technically did restructure some things they didn't convert any money to a signing bonus with Trey Hendrickson the extension will free up cap space this year very very likely we don't have the details on those numbers yet but it just adds one year to keep Trey Hendrickson the best pass rusher on the team under contract through 2025 and how that fits in with everything else going on is they've now probably freed up between six to eight million dollars in cap space in 2023 and I think the plan subsequently will be to take Joe Burrow, potentially T. Higgins, and put as much of their extension into the current cap year as they can, which is something the Bengals have liked to do. They do year one roster bonuses quite frequently, and this gives them more flexibility down the road with later years of those contracts. And that's kind of been their MO, getting a Trey Hendrickson extension done. A little bit surprising, though. There was discussion among some beat writers that he might be a cut candidate after this year if he didn't have a great year. His 2024 season had no guaranteed money on it the way the Bengals do their deals. It would have been a big cap savings and a minimal dead hit. Instead, the Bengals say, you know what, we really don't have anybody quite like Trey Hendrickson. And he joins the core of a relatively small group of Bengals, but important Bengals that are under contract now for 2025 as the Bengals try to push their window out into the future a little bit. We've seen now this offseason some huge contracts for quarterbacks, and the big one, obviously, is Joe Burrow. And I know there's been negotiations going on behind the scenes, and we saw what Lamar Jackson got early this offseason, uh, and we saw what Justin Herbert got just this week. So where are we at with Joe Burrow? How long do you think this is going to take? What's the timing on this? And what do you expect Joe Burrow to get when this extension happens? Are we going to see one of those half a billion, you know, uh, 
eight, 10 year extensions? Uh, is this going to be a, a new territory as far as yearly money? What do you expect to see with the, the new Joe Burrow contract and when's it going to happen? It's so hard to tell. The Bengals are playing this incredibly close to the vest. The agent is keep playing this incredibly close to the vest. You've heard various national reporters, the Adam Schefter level reporters kind of saying the same thing. Our impression has always been that the deal will get done before the season starts. This is the time that the Bengals have ordinarily agreed to big contract extensions. It's normally around training camp. You look at their history. So any time now, really, I do think that they wanted to Joe Burrow's camp most likely wanted to wait for that Herbert extension to be done. So they had a floor for various numbers, including guarantees, two-year cash flow, total contract, APY, those sorts of things. But as far as what the contract will look like, that that is the mystery. It depends on how you read the tea leaves. It could just be another five-year deal because that seems to be the standard for major quarterback extensions lately. And there are many examples of this. Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray being, and Lamar Jackson, I think, being some of the more prominent ones. But the Bengals would obviously like to, and I think most teams point to that Patrick Mahomes deal and say, hey, do that. Give us give us that deal, which has aged really well for the Chiefs, even though at the time it represented a massive jump over the rest of the quarterback market. Now, what would that look like for Joe Burrow is like a $60 million tenure deal. And, and do they get there? Hard to say. I think that based on recent reporting, it will certainly be significantly or, or noticeably larger than Justin Herbert's deal. But in terms of years, I mean, Burrow and, and, and the player is, is certainly incentivized to go shorter. At the same time, Burrow has often talked about and alluded to or hinted at conversations or awareness of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, who have extensions upcoming as well, and wanting to keep that group together. So it will be very, very interesting to see what it ends up being. But it's it's a when, not if. I don't know if anyone out there still thinks it's an if. Teams are going to pay their quarterbacks, and, and Joe Burrow will not be an, ex- an exception. It's also fascinating, too, with, with both of these things happening in the running back market, in the quarterback market, to the Bengals in the same offseason with this impending huge extension coming for Joe Burrow, talking about, you know, the billions instead of the millions, you know, does he get a half a billion? Does he get three quarters of a billion? <laughs> Some long-term deal, like this lifetime contract kind of a thing. And then you got a running back that's a good a running back that, that has been among one of the best running backs in the league. And you're like, oh yeah, but you don't even make that much. We're going to lop your contract in half, Joe Mixon, just or else you're not going to stick around. So it's wild to see the difference in, in where those two markets are going with running backs and quarterbacks, and both of those happening at the same time on the Bengals. Yeah, it's bizarre, the running back market. And it's going to be interesting to see where some of those guys that are free agents end up landing in terms of contract values. Joe Mixon took the ultimatum, right? You hear about not explicitly but you you generally can surmise that this sort of ultimatum happens quite a bit in the nfl where teams approach players and say look we need to create some cap space would you like to take less money to stay here or would you like to go test the free agent market and 99 of the time i would say the player goes and, and tests a free agent market right and it, it speaks to the culture that exists in cincinnati that you hear joe burrow and the players in cincinnati talk about all the time in terms of how tight-knit that locker room is and how much those players legitimately care for each other. In addition to, I think, the fact that it's still a 
relatively good deal for Joe Mixon. I think that he's still probably earning slightly more than he would have made on the open market. And he doesn't have to move. He doesn't have to change teams. He doesn't have to learn a new system because sometimes you simply see guys in that position, go to a new team and the system doesn't work for them or the terminology changes is difficult for them. And then their careers kind of sputter out. Mixon gets to stay in a system where he's been productive, that has great weapons, has an improving offensive line, at least we hope, knock on wood, and, and should be able to continue to build on his career with some of that stability, at least for this year. And, of course, stability, a winning franchise, it's a great place to be for any player and any fan base. So I want to talk about some of those uh, expectations for the Cincinnati Bengals coming up this year in the division and in the conference. And can this team get over the hump, what they did to get over the hump in 2023? Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire midseason, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed fits on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the 2023 season, see what Vinny has picked out for us with this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the week and i don't know if you can do better than going running back running back at the turn this year uh, if you're in those snake drafts the last pick of the first round first pick of the second round how about jonathan taylor and nick chubb these could be two guys that are leading the league in rushing one and two in the 2023 season and you'd get fantastic value there uh going old school and we kind of went away from running back running back uh in the fantasy world and it's, it's come full circle back to getting those bell cow backs because there's so few of them in the nfl and this is two of them in jonathan taylor and Nick Chubb for 2023. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each team, each player being a perfect fit for that team. And this is the same with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, Batteries, taillights. I recently got a fender flare for my vehicle. Ran over a, a traffic cone, knocked the fender flare off my car. Go to eBay. Perfect fit, perfect match. They knew exactly which part I needed. Made it super easy. Found the green check and got it here in no time for much less than it would have cost me to go to the dealer and get that thing fixed. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you get that guaranteed fit with eBay Motors. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're chatting with Jake Lisko, host of Locked On, co-host of Locked On Bengals. Don't want to leave James Rapine out. He does some great work there as well. I'm sure uh, you guys are having a fun time with the start of training camps around the NFL getting going. Uh, you, you told me off the air earlier that uh, as Trey Hendrickson signs this ex extension, there's actually claw marks on his neck from a little scrap he got into on the first day of training camp. Tell us about that one. Yeah, Orlando Brown, new Bengals left tackle, has been going against Trey Hendrickson for the last couple of years as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. And on the third rep of 11-on-11s, I believe, is as Joe Burrow said it, got into it a little bit with Trey. Orlando Brown later apologized. He, he actually was very contrite about it said that's not the person that he wants to be let his emotions get the best of him blacked out a little bit which is <laughs> ironic 
because Trey Hendricks's nickname is Blackout Trey because of how he his personality totally changes on the football field and he's earned that nickname and they just did the uh they're doing the nfl top 100 right now and you, you hear some of the other players talking about trey hendrickson's manner on the football field and it sounds like he's a bit of a handful out there to put it lightly yeah home run pickup for that defense too uh and really took him to the new a new level there on that side of the football and now re-upped in cincinnati so uh what what can, what did, what do the Bengals have to do, Jake, to get over that hump? I mean, it's a juggernaut in the AFC. I've talked about some of the quarterbacks getting mega contracts. Aaron Rodgers joins the fray, actually took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Ironically, Aaron Rodgers, the, the one guy making less money, but you know he's got a lot already stored up in the bank, and he's trying to go win. And he's trying to go win now in the AFC. And obviously, you got to get by Josh Allen, and especially you got to get by the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So how do Joe Burrow contract aside and the Cincinnati Bengals do that? What have they done this offseason to try to get there and and finally get there and get that ring? Well, three and one against Patrick Mahomes. That's a that's a pretty good record, but recency is what it is. They didn't get it done in their most recent opportunity to do so against a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, but the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line similarly hobbled. And in the Super Bowl in 2021, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line hobbled and not very deep to start so the biggest thing that they've done to address that is hypothetically significantly improve their offensive line depth with adding orlando brown moving jonah williams to right tackle and Bell collins who i was pretty excited about as a signing last year given his track record in dallas played hurt all year wasn't as good as he was in dallas but is still on the team probably won't be ready probably starts the year on the physically unable to perform list and hypothetically is then a reinforcement that is much better tackle depth than they've had recently. They also are expecting Jackson Carmen to take another step as a backup, but, and there might be some small competition in training camp where Jackson Carmen will have the opportunity to show that, you know, he's taken a massive leap and is ready to start in the NFL. I would be surprised to see that, but the biggest thing is addressing that depth on the offensive line because it's very easy to make an argument that they could have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs had they had better offensive line play with the game ending on a Chris Jones sack where he's arguing with Carlos Dunlap to say, no, I'm going to line up at end on this play. Carlos, you're going to kick inside. I want the matchup with the Bengals, Hakeem Adeniji playing right tackle. And Hakeem Adeniji has been pressed into duty in the playoffs the last couple of years as a backup. So health is a big factor. Quality depth is a huge factor. Same thing against the Rams. You have Aaron Donald going against guys that have been shuffling and moving around in a key spot to make a key play at a key time. So the Bengals have looked at this and they've said, well, our season has ended two years in a row and it's more than one play, obviously, but those plays really stand out where elite defensive linemen, elite pass rushers are getting matchups against guys that we we simply need to be better than at these positions. And so they're spending resources over the past few years to to try to address this and try to get better in that area. In addition to that, they're keeping the rest of the core together. The only new starters on this team will be at safety where they signed Nick Scott from those Super Bowl Rams and drafted Dax Hill last year as he'll be ready to step into a starting role. In addition to drafting Jordan Battle, who's a guy they had a early, I think, second round grade on in the third round. So that's a guy they're very excited about as well. It was at least somewhere in the second round. Might not have been early, but they've addressed 
positions where they needed them by drafting for the future. They've brought back 20 starters, and those guys all look to be healthy by week one. Jonah Williams does need to learn a new position, but continuity with coaches, with players, with quarterback should all help quite a bit, as Joe Burrow is also getting his first healthy offseason, which he's talked about the importance of quite a bit. Yeah, the war of attrition is real in the NFL. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't just affect the running back position. Uh, you, you mentioned a few things there that I, that I want to get into. Jonah Williams, is he cool with bouncing off a left tackle? Because it didn't sound like he was earlier this offseason. Yeah, I think that that trade request happened because of a bit of a communication breakdown. It's not a great look for the player. I, I think that the front office could have handled it better as well. Jonah Williams didn't really have leverage to make a trade request and it was a request it wasn't a demand which you know semantics i guess but he he was not pleased right because there was no communication with him that said hey we're signing orlando brown we're going to ask you to move to right tackle and even as of mandatory minicamp he said he still hadn't heard from the front office he'd obviously talked to coaches and and has heard from them about that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. does not sound like there was really communication from the front office, the decision makers, ownership, that sort of thing that he would have appreciated. And you could make arguments, I guess, about how much front office should be uh, communicating with players in fifth year option years or, or whatever it is, but he's going to play right tackle. He has every reason to play right tackle. He's not sitting out. He showed up for mini camp. He's there for training camp. He took snaps with the ones at right tackle. Uh, on day one of training camp, he doesn't really have a choice, right? He's extremely motivated in a contract year to show that he can still play tackle in the NFL at a high level after he played through injury last year and didn't play his best, specifically against Miles uh, Miles Garrett in Cleveland, who gives most tackles uh, a bad time. But (laughs) those were his worst games. He had actually quite a lot of really good play last year, in my opinion, as well. And hypothetically, if he makes a transition in early clips, he looks pretty okay to me at right tackle no pads on yet so big grain of salt there then the Bengals should be better at the tackles with Orlando Brown and Jonah Williams if, if both guys are, are healthy and adapted to their positions and right tackle money ain't bad either so yeah go get that money in the contract year yeah Jonas Williams and uh you, you mentioned Miles Garrett so to get to the Super Bowl um I don't know if the vibe is Super Bowl or bust and, and what would be a disappointing year but you got to win the division first. Who do you think is the biggest competition in the division for the Bengals and is it a a Super Bowl or bust mentality right now for Bengals and Bengals fans? Uh, what what does bust mean? Does that just mean like if, if everybody they don't win gets, the Super Bowl it's a... gets cut and you start over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean the expectation for me is that they should be competing for the one seed in the AFC. They they've been right there it's a first place schedule again. That's really hard. The division is really hard. The AFC is really hard. They play the Chiefs. They play the Bills. They play the 49ers. They play the AFC North. These things are all challenges for them to overcome. They beat the Chiefs in the regular season last year. They'll, they'll go play them again. This year, they had a really great start against the Bills in the regular season before that game was put off and DeMar Hamlin's back, and that's great. Everybody's happy there. But then they took it to the Bills in the playoffs in a big way, in Buffalo. And and it was a pretty emphatic victory. So they've shown that they can hang with these teams, and it's pretty much the same team. Like I said, there's some new new faces at safety, but the coaching staff is intact, and the core of the team outside of safety has returned. In fact, like I mentioned, 20 of 22 starters are back. So 
in a large way, it's run it back, but don't have Joe Burrow get appendicitis and lose a game to the Steelers in week one because your long snapper gets hurt. And and you have to have a, a backup tight end long snapping and you miss a couple field goals because your field goal unit is is out of sync. And and you're you're hopefully hitting the ground running a little bit, not changing your entire offense halfway through the season because you realize, oh, our under center game isn't working at all. Let's become a shotgun offense, which is a change that happened around week five. And then the Bengals go on that huge winning streak until eventually attrition and, and a very good team in Kansas City gets them in the AFC championship game. So to me, given their last two seasons, the players that have returned, the coaches that have returned, I don't see why number one seed in the AFC shouldn't be a realistic goal for the team. Yes, very challenging, very good division, very good conference, but that's, I think, where they are in their cycle right now as far as the championship window or what have you. Yeah, run it back. And um, how huge is that one seed, not only to have a buy? get that rest for the attrition that happens in January uh, and home field. I mean, that is so massive in the AFC right now. So yeah. One's been running through Kansas city for years. They, they haven't had to go on the road in Patrick Mahomes life. So that would be, I mean, Hey, they're doing a pretty good job going through Kansas city, going to Buffalo, but it'd be a lot nicer to stay at home in some of those matchups. Jake, do you have one more minute? I got one more question for yeah. you on the way out. Okay. Uh, I do want to thank everybody once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, Jake, I'm going to go uh, solo here in a second and address some some quarterback running back salary cap stuff and go into the into the mailbag where we've got some uh, some interesting ideas from listeners and, and actually even Matt Williamson chimed in on Twitter from vacation on what we could do with running back contracts. I'm not going to include you in that. I'm going to let you go after this one. We talked about the extension for Trey Hendrickson. And, of course, Joe Burrow is going to get something. Does that mean T. Higgins is as good as gone? I think the way things are lining up, it's actually suggesting that the Bengals intend to get T. Higgins done in addition to Joe Burrow this offseason. I think that that's what changing Joe Mixon's contract, changing and extending Trey Hendrickson's contract suggests. And, and that's where having that additional cap space this year lets them bring additional cap dollars of those extensions into the first year of those deals to try to lighten the load a little bit at the back end with potentially year one roster bonuses, that sort of thing, so that they can fit all of this in. And when you look at the way the contracts well fit together, I think that there's minimal overlap, actually. If you do like a four-year extension for T. Higgins this year, where the big money actually kicks in for Jamar Chase down the road, where the big money kicks in for Joe Burrow down the road, when you look at their future contract obligations, I think they can fit all of that in. It just means that something else might have to give. So where they've got free agents like Jadobe Awuzie and DJ Reader, who are both great players for this team in contract years, those guys, they might have to find a way to replace. And that's why I mentioned they've been drafting for the future with corner, with a few positions, safety, Dax Hill stepping into that role, Jordan Battle for the future to try to get some more players on rookie contracts because that's what you see the Chiefs and other teams. That's what you have to do when you have those big quarterback cap hits starting to hit is you need to have rookie contracts elsewhere so that you can afford those big money players and still be good elsewhere. So that's where just hitting in the draft is going to be crucially important for this team over the next five years. Yeah, and, and people forget the Tyree Kill thing. They did have to trade away Tyree Kill, but he already was on a big contract to start mm -hmm. with. And yeah. so when, it, when big contracts are signed, it actually takes the – the short-term money lower depending on how contracts are structured and then you can restructure. And so you can kind of limp this thing along might get weird in 2025, 2026. And then 
Uh, maybe you have to trade a guy at that point or, you know, rethink things. But uh, as of now, it, it's interesting. And, and there's probably some Vulture fans out there like wondering oh, that yeah. question. That's why I had to ask you, Jake. They're like, okay, that T Higgins, what are we going to have to do to give up? But on the other hand, you might need a right tackle. So uh, you might need a, a big piece somewhere on defense. Mm -hmm. So a shiny first round pick could be nice if he did trade T Higgins and not have to worry about that money crunch at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm I'm like 50-50 on it. Even even today, maybe it's 55-45 now, but that one's really uncertain. I know they would like to get it done. I know T would like to get it done. I know that David Mulligetta, T. Higgins' agent, has not gotten it done with Jesse Bates and the Bengals in the past, and, and they haven't seen eye-to-eye -eye on guaranteed money. So th that will be very interesting. And from a team-building perspective, it will be interesting as well. I know the Bengals historically value quarterback and wide receiver very highly. And like you said, that they do have some spots where right tackle interior defensive line they will need to address one way or the other in the near future as well that is jake lisco co-host of locked on Bengals. jake and james doing a fantastic job every day here on the locked on podcast network breaking down those cincinnati Bengals. jake always a pleasure chatting with you man appreciate you thanks brian all right uh, i'm gonna get into the mailbag here a little bit to finish up this episode of peacock and williamson and there is um a, a, an obvious crunch happening around the league with running backs and um we're, we're seeing now teams going in the opposite direction just skyrocketing money for quarterbacks around the nfl is there a fix there and the more i look at this thing the more i start to realize you just have to start treating position groups differently because anything you do with the new collective of bargaining agreement and salary cap structures to help running backs it's just going to help the other positions that make more money and make it easier for quarterbacks to make more money earlier, right? If you cut off, if you make rookie contracts three years instead of four years. Well, this Joe Burrow deal, the uh, the Herbert deal, uh, imagine how much money someone like Justin Fields or uh, Trevor Lawrence especially. Trevor Lawrence would already make $50 million a year coming up after this year. So in some ways there there would be some some things you could do to help running backs but anything you do to help one position it's just going to give teams uh, or players that make bigger money at bigger positions make it easier for them to get more money elsewhere and might even end up hurting running backs in some degree so to me it might be a bucket system and matt williamson actually chiming in from vacation shout out to matt if you're listening hope you're you're doing well i know you're gonna hit uh steelers training camp here very soon we'll have you back on the show next week uh he's matt says what if 20% or whatever percentage makes sense of running backs contracts didn't count against the salary cap? And I think that's the way you have to start doing it. If, you, if, if the league thinks there's a problem with running backs because running backs are stars, people, you know, kids buy running backs jerseys, running backs are fun to watch and you want them to have the, the longest careers you can. And they need to get paid if their careers are going to be shorter than other positions. You would have to legitimately go specifically to running backs and just change what the rules are for that one position versus the rest of the league. Because if you do anything that's league-wide, I think it doesn't really end up helping the running backs because teams are going to find ways uh, to pay who they think is the most valuable. And if, if guys are getting paid earlier and there's no franchise tags, that just makes it easier for other positions to get paid in their free agency as well. Uh, we did have a listener that had an idea here. This is Biased Packers fan. By the way, Biased Packers fan and all Packers fans out there, to end the week on Friday's episode of Peacock and Williamson, I've got Peter Bukowski, host of Locked on Packers, on to talk about the, the NFC North and what the Packers might look like here this year. Sands, Aaron Rodgers with Aaron uh, with Jordan Love at quarterback. Bias Packer fan says, I have a semi-crazy idea for the running back contract situation. What if injured players' salaries didn't count towards the cap? 
and any other profession being likely to get hurt on the job would pay extra hazard pay as it is known sometimes. But in football, it's the opposite. I think the reason is the salary cap. Salary cap is part of it. And that's an interesting one. But the question I would have is how much easier does that make, make it for teams to, to kind of circumvent the cap? Um, would owners even want to circumvent the cap? Cause that means they're going to end up paying more total dollars. I, I think some owners want a cap for a reason, right? So they're not just exponentially like uh, so money doesn't get crazy. And so smaller market teams can compete with larger market teams, right? That's the idea of the cap anyway. So let's say if someone gets hurt, like, um, uh, like Dak Prescott had a big contract, right? And there was some injury stuff there. Well, you know, all of a sudden you knock $40 million off of your salary structure. You could go sign two stud players on your football team. Um, there, there could be, or, or you have a player that uh, is aging out and not that good anymore. is kind of banged up. You could hide him and get rid of, uh, you know, make it so you're not paying a, a player. So I, I think there's some ways that you could do that. And, and certainly for running backs, I think that would help a little bit. Um, and help ease teams' fears of paying a running back who's not going to be healthy for you. Uh, but to me, it, it's uh, if you really want to help running backs, and then you're also looking at quarterbacks, there's people talking about this. Now it's like, okay, do we need to have just a separate quarterback salary cap? And it might be the same with running backs. There's a separate running back salary cap, so that way it doesn't hurt you because you have this separate salary cap. You can't use that money somewhere else. And for the quarterbacks, the same. So may we start to see that, you know, how we, we already treat positions differently when it comes to fifth year options and, um, and franchise tags, and they have their own, you know, limits for what these, and they're dirt, you know, they, they use their formula and they, it's predetermined. This is the franchise tag number for this position, franchise tag number here, franchise tag number here. Uh, and here is the fifth year option for this position, the fifth year option for this position. It kind of changes a little bit year to year. What if it was that way with the salary cap by position group? So you could pay your running back room a certain amount. And so you pay your quarterback room a certain amount. And there's a different salary cap there, a different salary cap there. Is that the way the NFL has to go? Because every position is going so crazy in different ways that you sort of insulate yourself from catastrophe in some ways and also you make it so you can build a roster the rest of your roster outside of positions like quarterback and running back because those are separate issues and you know what the cap is here you know what the cap is here and then you can can work in the rest and who knows maybe every position group ends up being in its own salary cap that's an interesting idea and i don't know if there's a perfect idea for it i just think it's the way of the world and it's the way of the running back position and, you know, it's, it's still not going to change what the, the root cause of it is. Running backs get hurt a lot, and the replacement level is very high. Like, undrafted running backs are very good compared to undrafted quarterbacks and undrafted pass rushers and undrafted offensive linemen, right? Um, and there's some good ones there in those positions. We just saw Mr. Irrelevant last year do big things for the 49ers down the stretch. That is never expected, but it's never a shock if a running back does that and becomes a team's star running back that um, – even is not drafted at all or taken on day three. So that's really the root cause. And I don't think that's ever going to change for running backs. All right. Appreciate all the mailbag questions, not a proper mailbag this week with Williamson gone, but we'll have a, a big mailbag, maybe even a couple mailbags next week. So get those questions in on YouTube in the comments at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Appreciate all of the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts back tomorrow, right here. Peacock and Williamson.